Good to have Craig back. Oh, it's, it's good to have him, but I hate to see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you love to see it. <laughs> I I love that that type of phrasing because of like shoutcasters and stuff like that. Everybody talks like a 1930s announcer. <laughs> <laughs> like I just pictured the announcer from uh, Legend of Korra just announcing everything now because everyone's going like, you hate to see it. And the fire ferrets. <laughs> and here's a letter. <laughs> And we've come full circle. <laughs> it wouldn't be this podcast if we didn't make some references that nobody understands. And on that note, hello and welcome to Right in the Feels, the only podcast that takes your nostalgia and just kicks it and kicks it until there's nothing left except for references from 1990s cartoons. Um, I'm your host, Terry Smith, and with me today I have Chelsea. Chelsea, how you doing? Doing okay. <laughs> Chelsea is a second year law student so she has no energy or time for anyone that's not true it's mostly it's just been an exhausting week um, all in all you know the passing of Justice Ginsburg and the election I'll be so thankful when it's over but I know that people won't shut the fuck up about it even then so no it'll it'll never be over uh, it never and that makes me actually <laughs> I'd love to have you on persons of no consequence another plug for you uh to talk about being in law school during the pandemic and then also at the passing of a Supreme Court justice so if you're interested yeah at some point we'll have to you know just uh <laughs> yeah with all of your bad. free time you know second year law school it doesn't really take up that much time right yeah it's it's uh out of control honestly a little bit i'm up at like four o'clock in the morning writing and i i messaged you because you know like i was like who would be up this late to text message something to about archie comics i'm like oh i know a law student she doesn't sleep Uh, let's just text you are you working on briefings oh yeah what else would i do sleep ha 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 (laughs) (laughs) it's this it's it's so sad but also so true (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to laugh at your pain, but uh, just think about this. Soon you'll be laughing as I'm a struggling writer and you have lawyer money. And you can just <laughs> laugh at me and throw dollar bills at me and go dance, monkey. I'll just throw them at you to wipe your tears up with. How's that? <laughs> okay, here's, can I bring up something more personal real quick before we start talking about cartoons? By the way, right in the feels, nostalgia, all of this stuff. If you like to hear us argue about cartoons as we're about to do, or argue about 90s music and TGIF still, as we are also wont to do, you can check us out over at campykilledcreations.com. But if you really, really enjoy it, you can head over to patreon.com slash campykilledcreations. You can drop a buck or two so we can continue to do this even after Chelsea has all her lawyer money. I I won't have any of that. So to keep the lights on, I need your support. So if you can head over to patreon.com slash campy killed creations, drop a buck or two. You can get some bonus content. You can hear some secret discussions about cartoons all over there. Anyways, Chelsea, I have a bone to pick with you. More personal. Okay. (laughs) So your boyfriend, good guy. We're going to call him Jeff for now. As he is in my phone. (laughs) That's not his name, but that is how he introduced himself to me. And uh, he introduced me into day trading for stocks. It's it's helped me have a little bit more money in the pandemic. And he's helped me out a little bit. And I was doing some just like fun trading, like simple stuff. We're talking about just a few measly dollars messing around with penny stocks, which is basically gambling, if you don't know. And when he heard that I was doing this, he called me instantly and berated me about it. <laughs> And then he had the gall. This is a man. He makes more money. I think we can say that. We're all adults. He makes more money than I do. And he texts me. As I said, I made some money off this penny stock. And he goes, it's fine. Rich get rich. Poor get poor. (laughs) Yeah, he said that. And I said, did you send that to Terry? And he said, yeah. I said, he knows how much money you make. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, maybe not exactly, but like. I know he's in sales. <laughs> I know the car he drives. I know the car I don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> let's see let's like let's look at how many scripts i've sold this year <laughs> compared to <laughs> what how, he has sold you know how let's many just uh, mortgages he's sold. yeah let's let's hold like <laughs> i can shit in one hand and hold up my earnings from writing in the other <laughs> i'm gonna tell you which one fills up first yeah. uh but i just wanted to throw that out there that made me die laughing <laughs> well we were we were we were taking the dog for a walk when i i was like oh yeah did i tell you that terry said that he had some success on um some penny stocks and he said what do you mean? And I said, well, he said that he had made some decent money doing some penny stocks. And I said, I told him that you can't do that because you're too busy during the day. Like penny stocks, you have to really, for the uninitiated, you have to really watch because. Yeah, you're either volatile. gambling or you do. Yeah. Or you just have to watch it nonstop and just stare. Yeah. Like because it's because it's so volatile and because it, you can easily lose all of your money like very, very, very quickly. Within seconds. Yeah. So and he doesn't really have that time because he he is um, very busy at work. And he was like super offended. He's like, I can't believe I thought he would call me and let me know so I could do that. I said, He knows that you don't have any time, honey. What do you mean? Also, and he's like, for the record, I, I messaged him about the stock like two months ago. Yeah, he just special boy. <laughs> like he's like yelling at me. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we talked about it. He's like, we did not. And then he accused me of insider trading. He's like, that's the only way you can make money on this. I was like, or you know, I just read like <laughs> once again. I did he, my due diligence. Things he does not have time for. <laughs> <laughs> he's the same man. Let's bring it back to pop culture for a minute. Okay. So we started playing Mortal Kombat. This may be the second time I've met this man. You're like, hey listen I love this dude. Can I bring him over? You can give a second opinion of him. I was like, sure, sure. Bring him over. And I play a lot of fighting games. That's like my chosen genre of choice. I play many, many much games, as they would say. <laughs> and I'm pretty good. I'm not like nationally ranked or anything. But if I were to play ranked in most fighting games, I'd get higher up on the list than say someone who doesn't play fighting games. Right. That's reasonable to say. I would say um, so. Yeah. And Jeff does not play video games. <laughs> like, period. <laughs> Every once in a while, you and him dabble. That's like, you're the bigger gamer of the couple, and you mostly play Legend of Zelda. <laughs> I've you're not a fighting game so, person. So much Civ 6. Just... <laughs> okay, yes, that's, I forgot. You play Breath of the Wild and Civ 6. Those are your two big games. You play yeah. other games, but those are your two big ones. Yeah, I mean, if you I notice, think... those two games do not do, are are not of the fighting game but genre. Fighting games for me, the the closest that I'll get is like uh, UV a lot, like a like a Hyrule Warriors, where you're just mowing down enemies. Because I'm not good at at memorizing uh, combos, right? So right. I just am bad at them. <laughs> exactly. So like, you're, if you're even if you're playing one, so it's obvious like PVE, you're not even fighting other people. So. So yeah. it's not even like on your radar, really. And he tells me, he's like, I will defeat you at any game you pick. And I was like, well, already, no. Um, <laughs> and, and then we start playing and he continues to say that he's going to win and like talking a lot of smack talk, like a lot, like an embarrassing amount. And when he lost... <laughs> he was blaming the controller he like it was exactly like you would see on television like any excuse there could be he was like mm -mm, no it was because of that like i was like or it's because i'm better than you he's like no there's no way no, there's no way <laughs> that you'd be skilled. that's not I was it like, 
except for like i own the game like, i've played it before you've never played this game before like it's not it's not surprising actually that you lost and you shouldn't be offended and he was like fuck this game <laughs> It's not. It's uh, not better than the time that we played uh, Overcooked or whatever. No, so. I really thought I broke up your relationship. That was a very entertaining thing. And actually, you know what, Chelsea? I think you oh. need to come on to uh, another podcast so we can just get on to what our real podcast is here. And I think you should come on to Can't Be Killed Confessions and tell that story. Would you do that for me? Yeah, I guess I could. I could do that one. I've, that I know really that you. I know that you've been asking me, and it's mostly difficult to find a story that doesn't involve people that aren't my boyfriend. <laughs> you know, like that it involves more than just like me and one other person. Um, but that's okay. Those are those are great stories. Most of the stories are just about me like not sleeping. <laughs> this week's episode think... is about my love for the original series of Star Trek, and that's just because like I developed insomnia when I was fourteen and <laughs> just started watching the OG on series late. on syndication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was on late. So, anyways, let's talk about cartoons. Jesus, people did not come to hear about our life. Or maybe they do. I don't know. You guys don't email me enough. Write to can'tbekillcreations at gmail.com and tell me why you listen. Anyways. You can just, just tweet at him also. Can't be killed creations pod. Uh, I, I, meant your, I meant your personal one. <laughs> at Resident <laughs> Stevel. <laughs> I can just keep I can just keep plugging all day. I'm ready. I'm prepared. I'm a host, Chelsea, okay? This is what I live for. That and fighting games, apparently. Honestly, I'm surprised the Emmys didn't call you. Um, I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying I had to say no. That's that's all that can be said. Oh, okay. Um, and, and I mean, you know, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> exactly, exactly. When you when you look at who's your first choice, I'm usually at the top of the list. I'm just a busy guy, you know. Um, and that's because I'm watching a lot of '90s cartoons. So we're gonna call this episode '90s cartoons, but we're also gonna talk about some 2000s cartoons because let's be honest, the time blurs together. If you were born after. 1990 but before 2005 it's all the same thing it's all in there so if we mention something from 1991 and 2004 sue me all right chelsea let's talk about some of your favorite cartoons what were you watching what's your earliest memory when it comes to cartoons my earliest memory is uh being at my i guess babysitter but also they were my neighbors and good context um, great great they, colorful story background i just okay first of all anyway their son was the same age as me and i can remember being um at his house and was watching. his name clark no his name was his name was jesse <laughs> um i can i can remember watching blues clues just like non-stop all the time and and it it fades into little bear and that was nap time like <laughs> That's, I think that's the earliest memory I have of uh, cartoons. The soundtrack to Little Bear also still super soothing. Before you text me and asked me if you wanted to, if we wanted to do this um, topic, I had actually looked up the Little Bear soundtrack earlier today to study too. <laughs> it was the so, original Low Five Beats to Chill too. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yes. It's just very well. First, I was listening to I was listening to some Bach uh, cello arrangements by Yo Yo Ma, the 1983 um, complete album, and okay, that uh, was the whitest thing anyone's ever said to me. And Yo Yo Ma's not even white. Like, what are you doing? What <laughs> are I, you are you studying for an ex- exam in a movie? Like, what? <laughs> no, you couldn't find just, anything else to study to. It's it's some of my favorite. Like I listen to a lot of video game soundtracks, but also a lot of um like classic, but it, classical. But I really enjoy like 
I listen to classical music all the time. I don't know why I'm making fun of you. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> like no, it's, very it's, 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 it's like very soothing. Like, I don't know. And it's easy to focus through because there are, isn't like words and the beat is just very soothing. So I, anyway, I got, I listened to it twice and it's like two and a half hours. And then I said, I need something different. So I put the little bear. The little, the little bear soundtrack is a bop. I can admit that that show was so wholesome and weird. It was what I think Christian cartoons were trying to be in the nineties, even though it, all of them ended up really creepy and stilted. But it wasn't Christian either. It was just exactly that's what I mean. Like, like it's what it's what they aspired to be, where it's like every episode had a moral, and Little Bear had good friends, and he learned right and wrong. Meanwhile, you're watching some cartoon, and it's like Samson shows up, and David beats Goliath. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to learn from this, and this animation is awful. Um, but when you watch Little Bear, you're like, oh, this is gorgeous. This is gorgeous looking. Yeah. Also, did you know that Little yeah. Bear and Franklin are part of a shared universe? I did. I did actually also know that. Franklin would have been would have come up on this list, so I'm glad that you just segued. I didn't watch a lot of PBS. It wasn't a thing for me as a kid. This is I, Nick. I think this I knew it was no but was Frank Franklin was a PBS show though, wasn't it? No, Franklin is Nick. Oh, Franklin, was it okay. That makes me feel better. Because it was like a block of like Little Bear, Franklin, Little Bill. Yes, no, no. Well, Little Bill came much later, but Well, yeah, okay. So the reruns and yes. then Little Bill. But I had a young, I have a younger sister. Also. Yeah, exactly. That's, no, what I was that's, that's what I was going to say. That's where you came. But like when I was watching, it was like, do you remember? So I watched the exact same block, so I won't retread that. But do you remember the interstitial, which was I can't remember his name, but he was like the face, the wall, the moon, or whatever. No, 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 no. He it was the Nick, uh, Nick Junior interstitials was just an amorphous face, and he had different colors depending on what he was talking about. Does this ring a bell to you at all? No, not at all. Really? Really. I'm like looking it up so I can see. Maybe that will be. No, I yep. don't remember the face. face. His name was just face. He was the mascot. From the I junior. remember. I remember the like the the like cutout looking persons. It was like orange and there's like a little one. It was like purple or something. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. But again, that actually came later. Um, okay. Yeah, but face was like the interstitial. So like if you're watching Fox Kids or if you're like a better example toonami you know how you have tom for toonami yeah you introduce the next show and stuff like that nick jr had its own tom way less cool his name was face and he was a face and oh, he would he have different like, colors i found him he looks like the kool-aid man kind of except for it's just a face well <laughs> right the but kool-aid I mean, man is a full man who can bust his, through walls his face looks like the kool-aid man's face <laughs> Now I have this headcanon of the Kool-Aid man tried to bust through a wall of like a daycare and it stopped him and now he's just stuck in it and that was the face. So I have the headcanon that face is Kool-Aid man's dad. Oh my god. And he married a jug? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Like common chicken style? He married a vase that was like put in front of him for an artist to paint. Oh my god, this is adorable slash weird um but yeah that was similar to me like that's some of like my earliest memories that in a cartoon if you know the name of it i can't think of it i tried to google around and i got some weird shit it was like a baby <laughs> who played in a sandbox and he created friends to race through the galaxy with and so like he would make a spaceship out of his bottle and sand and then he would like build like a robot out of sand and they would have space adventures until the babysitter was like it's time to go and that's no, what i remember of the show that- i don't know what it was called that sounds like um, either Max and Ruby, where the little brother rabbit uh, did a lot that of stuff was, like that's that. That's from like 2000. That's not what the show we're talking about. 
You said we could do until 2004. And then I know, also- but I was not watching Nick Jr. in <laughs> 2002, okay? Um, or it sounds... I was 10 um, years old. I don't remember what else. You made me lose track of what else it sounded like. It's <laughs> not... Did I mention rabbits? I'm looking at Max and Ruby. There's not even a sandbox in this image. There's. Uh, there must be an episode where he plays in a sandbox, Terry. I'm telling you. But why is that what you think of? <laughs> I'm because I'm trying to think of sandbox. I think all we're learning is that you still watch like education cartoons. Is it from Rugrats though? Because no, that is no, also what no it sounds what Rugrats like. Is, you dumb piece of crap. I <laughs> god damn it. You don't have to abuse me in front of I everyone. Do, I do when I'm like, it was this show, and you're like, but you mean Rugrats? I'm like, no, I remember Rugrats. Listen, it's not that I don't... Rugrats, that, that's another early one that I watched a lot of. Uh what year did Rugrats come out? 95. Let's just talk about Rugrats for a minute. That was actually one of the requests for. I was going to do it its own episode. Maybe we can still. But let's segue to a little bit later into like the memories that you remember clearly. So let's talk about the Nick lineup, and then we'll talk about the Cartoon Network lineup, and then we'll talk about the Pariah that is the Disney <laughs> lineup. Around well, the same as time. long as we also threw in PBS because uh, some people Stop were poor. <laughs> no. Okay, listen. I understand being poor and not having cable or satellite. But did you also have to be a nerd? Like, what, what, <laughs> do we have to do? you can be poor and not watch PBS. Every time someone's like, yeah, but what about like Veggie Tales or, or, you know, like Barney? And I'm like, did you not have friends? Why the fuck were you watching this? So like, here's, no one could hook you up with some Rugrats? Here's what I would like to throw out there, though, because I do love Rugrats. But you didn't watch Wishbone or Reading no, Rainbow? No, I didn't because I watched it. And I was like, this is sad. I don't want to watch this. I watched Reading Rainbow at summer school. Okay. And no, it wasn't because I was dumb. It's because I was poor. <laughs> but, and my, dumb. I, there was no. <laughs> no, it was like summer school, but really, what it was is like daycare for older kids because, like, the parents were like, "We can't get a babysitter, and I have to work fourteen jobs." And he's so not send him to summer school. He's not old enough to not know not to turn the stove on. So no, I did know that. My mom's like, I don't know. His sisters are <laughs> stupid. Like they set a bad precedent. That's fair. Knowing your sister, that's fair. Sorry, guys, no. if you're listening. They do listen to this one because they talk about all this 90s shit. Sorry, guys. I love you, but but that you did fuck it up. Great, Terry. Now they hate me. So I, I, Who doesn't? Uh, That's fair. You anyway, you back to law school. Back to Rugrats, uh, 1991. Nine seasons. So 91. So like right around when we're born, Rugrats is on. And it goes forever all the way up to uh, Rugrats all grown up. Like that show was the kind of prolific... But also, it just made me learn about so many other different social dynamics when it comes to family. Like, I've, t- I've taken sociology courses, and they're always like, there are different family dynamics. Fuck that. Just have them watch Rugrats. Because everybody's got some different shit going on in Rugrats. Everybody's okay? got whack-ass shit going on. Yeah. Yeah, so you can say a lot about like how like Cartoon Network maybe was more inspired when it comes to like cartoon imagery at that time. But Nickelodeon's show was like, that was about realness, okay? You look at Hey Arnold and Rugrats. Fuck. That is every single type of family on the spectrum right there. Wild Thornberries also? Yeah, same thing. So like, but like, so you look at Rugrats, you got a single dad, you got uh, a full-time working mom, you got a dad who's trying to be an inventor who gets laid off. You, you have all of these different social dynamics. And then you had like the mom who's like reading like every single book possible and like only believes it if this one random German scientist says it. Like that is so much not even just 90s that's just that's just white people problems all over the place 
Yeah, that is, I mean, except for Susie, that is what I will say. Well, no, I guess Chucky's sister. I can't remember yeah. her name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when when they go to Paris, right? Yeah, that's a good movie. That's I'm still a bop. <laughs> I don't think I've seen it since being an adult. I don't really remember it much. I, at that point, I wasn't as big into Rugrats. I remember enjoying it so, at the time. But... I have a Rugrats in Paris video game for my Nintendo 64. Yeah, solid game. Why didn't and you bring it... this up on the N64 episode? I honestly just re- realized that I had it right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a solid game. Yes. And also the movie solid. But the first movie, scary. When he like leaves his brother with the monkeys, terrifying. <laughs> that was the, that was the other cool thing that not a lot of cartoons at that time. Like that was around the beginning of, of times where like cartoons were starting to become serialized and stuff would carry over. Not just a character, but like all sorts of things would carry over. When you think of like when you look at Power Rangers or some of the anime we were getting, Digimon is the one that me and you always bring up. They were starting mm-hmm. to become serialized and Rugrats was, was one of those really cool shows that not necessarily serialized in events but it carried over what would happen in the movie. So the movies always introduced new characters and those were carried over into the show and I know that's obviously for like toy sales or whatever, but I loved it because lots of cartoons didn't. They reset the status quo after a movie or a big event on TV and it never went back to the same. But because things like Rugrats made so much money off of it, you had other shows that piggybacked off that like Fairly Odd Parents. Like that always carried over the status quo of what happened. It would reference, well, we use that wish in this episode, so we can't do it again. Like it was genius to me at the time. Yeah, no, I agree. Um Angelica Pickles also, I know, like, sort of switching gears, an icon still. Her and Susie Carmichael, icon. No, she's so, so sociopath, murderer. Susie, yeah, Susie was cool. But I just Angelica, mean that they there's were, something wrong with her. They were so outrageous, but also I loved them. Angelica needed to get hit with a bottle. Like, that's all I'm saying. Like, Tommy needed to just, like, chuck something at her. Fun fact about Rugrats, did you know that uh, they have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Really? Like, yeah. just like as like a whole, like like all of them? It just, like, it just, I think them. it just says Rugrats, yeah. Oh, that's um, some shit. I think it, uh, if I remember correctly, I think it's the first Nick series to receive a star, but I could Pretty be wrong cool. about that. Yeah, no, I mean, just, you know, fun fact. Seeing like uh, we mentioned, Hey Arnold briefly, I wasn't as big into that one, but I did enjoy it. But that was really cool because we grew up in, well, you a little bit less so, but then you moved, but like the rural areas, even even by comparison, you lived in Michigan. So like seeing like city life and seeing kids that would ride the subway. And I'm like, I wasn't even allowed to like do anything once we got in town, even though I rode my bike for, you know, days on end without people knowing where I was in the middle of the woods. But these kids were like in the middle of the city, just taking the subway or going downtown and all of this stuff. And that, that blew my mind. The fact that, like, they lived in an apartment building could just roam around the city. That was crazy. Well, the whole thing, the board, I liked I liked it a lot. We talked about family dynamics. Um, the concept of the boarding house and, like, the yeah. borders and him living with his grandparents. Like, it was all so... And, like, Gerald having, like, you know, his siblings, but, like, a, a, like a regular life and a regular, I guess, in comparison, family life. And, right, like, right. And that being, like, a sort of tension between their friendship, like, I mean, not in like necessarily a negative way, but no, not no, but I completely get what you're saying. It was really interesting. Again, it was that 
it was like diversity when it comes to or not adversity when it comes to the characters he just didn't see in other shows because it was like oh yeah it's weird like his parents aren't around and they address it and they talk about the fact that he lives with his grandpa and his best friend is like yeah yeah and like my family's normal like it's just something they talked about and existed it was the same thing with rugrats like when his dad gets laid off and i'm watching it as an adult and i'm like this shit is real <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> yeah you watch dexter's laboratory and he's just like well i built a robot this week <laughs> um i also love the opening to hey arnold with like the boys walking and the girls sort of like west side story-ish yes yes they're snapping yeah exactly uh, were we the only kids that understood that reference because we watched west side story way too early i don't probably honestly <laughs> like i know like i i got an email talking about how we had watched uh some shakespeare dramatic plays way too early on and i'm like i think it was just like <laughs> the 90s like we watched a lot of stuff that probably caused issues now that i think about it like i i understood the reference because i had seen west side story i'm like i shouldn't have like what i saw a streetcar named desire i'm like that's not something you should see at that age like i would always make the stella joke you know stella yeah and oh. other have you seen the movie do you understand the joke yeah you cut out okay. for a second though, oh so. sorry i was it's ranting okay. about a uh, streetcar named desire um but anyways but like uh, people would question why i knew that and i didn't understand that it was weird that i had seen that film because my parents would watch anything they would just put it on the tv and if a bad part came up something that they thought would traumatize me whether it be a sex scene or explicit violence they would just tell me to look away and tell me what happened they would not pretend it didn't exist in the movie they wouldn't stop watching that film because my dad fuck if I, my dad would stop watching the movie he wanted to see like, that was not <laughs> happening we own one right? goddamn crt tv with a very, very large satellite hooked up to it that he probably stole. So, like, that we were not going to change the show. So, like, that was just a thing. So, when they had all these references, I loved it as a kid, and I feel like maybe we were understanding them probably a little bit too early on. Yeah, I would have to uh, probably agree. Just, you know, <laughs> and, like, in an objective sense, like, looking back. Yeah, maybe that's like, <laughs> like at my my origin story. Maybe that's why I'm obsessed with pop culture because, like, from <laughs> a very young age, you're like, you can watch this. Like, <laughs> Jason murders people. Okay, spoilers. It's actually his mom. She murdered a bunch of people. I'm like, oh, what's murder? They're like, well, you're alive now. You're breathing. Yeah, they're no longer living. I'm like, oh, why? And they're like, well, she stabbed them when we told you to turn around. <laughs> I was like, well, shit, I probably shouldn't know that, but okay, <laughs> that might have been too much, <laughs> too much, too soon. <laughs> um but anyways let's switch over to cartoon network a little bit we covered rugrats and hey arnold let's talk about that uh gendy tartakovsky uh 90s like block of cartoons they had rolling on cartoon network dexter's lab powerpuff girls um all the spinoffs in between what did, what did you think about that lineup um so i liked it i liked the animation um style more i guess yeah although look I probably would not have said that at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would not have been like, oh, the animation is so much better. <laughs> like, just, you know, not something that you, that one uh, tends tends to notice as a child. Well, again, again, I think we talk about like me growing up too early. That is something I would reference is that I didn't like the animation style of all of those, even though now as someone like I cartoon, like I'm a cartoonist, I illustrate stuff. I really appreciate it and I love it. But as a kid, if it wasn't like gritty or serious or trying to be, I hated it. 
So like, oh, like really? I love Power Rangers. It was live action, but there was like fighting. You know, there was that's so there was dramatic of you. <laughs> I, I and right, and I loved uh, anime because it was like serious. It was cool. You know, there was spiky hair and they blasted stuff. And there were dragons and laser beams. If it wasn't that, I didn't take it seriously. And if I didn't take it seriously, I didn't like it in quotations. Meanwhile, I'd seen every single episode of Dexter's Laboratory because it's fucking hilarious. And I loved SpongeBob, but I still didn't respect it at the time, honestly. Like, I was like, I would like raise my, like, furrow my brow. Mm, not for me, you know? I, uh, I do know. Um, so the other, <laughs> the other, the other thing though about Cartoon Network is some of, some of it was too gross almost. Like, I'm looking at, like a list like uh cow and chicken okay it, so there the, both of the channels had like some weird gross out humor at the time that was trying so hard like you think red and stimpy obviously but if you go a little bit later like red and stimpy was a little bit earlier 90s for us mm -hmm. when you go just a few years later you get stuff like red and stimpy you get kablam you get cow and chicken you get uh uh two angry beavers you get some of that more slapstick comedy fart humor bathroom humor potty humor yeah yeah exactly and that was not something that i was ever um like a super big fan of i even same like same. even some of cat dog on nickelodeon uh, completely like, completely i didn't appreciate it honestly the only reason why i watched i watched every single episode and the movie because i just wanted to find out who their parents were i was just in it for the mystery again because i wanted that serialized serious storyline meanwhile as i'm watching cat dog i'm not getting it not spoilers. i was gonna say oh were you were you getting it there like... no and when you meet his parents like his dad's a yeti or his mom's a yeti and his dad's a frog and i'm like well that, that doesn't answer anything was, and they're like some yep, of we the don't most care. graphic imagery that haunts me to this day came from cat dog the episode where they have fleas still to this day terry i cringe thinking about it like one of, one of my favorite things about cartoons from the 90s both stations um was when they would do the zoom in shot that would be a completely different animation style and absurd and not something that you would see from the original image like they'd zoom in and now there's like a small person playing violin you know in the hand yeah that whole yeah thing kind of popular popularized by like looney tunes but but Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon took it to the extreme and they would be a, like, you know, the shot, if you've ever seen SpongeBob, the episode where he's sick. And like, if you look at him, he's got snot running in, but then it cuts to a, a closer zoom shot. And it's like a completely different animation. It's like a realistic sponge and it's like dying. It's so like gross out. That was popularized during that time. And every show did it. And they were the grossest single panels of anything that you'd ever put to an animation cell. It's just disgusting looking sometimes. And they would hold for so long to like look at the detail. Like that, like I feel like they went to one artist on the project every single week when they were doing like the episodes. You're like, all right, you get to do the gross out one. He's like, okay. And like he doesn't work on anything else. She just sits there and it's like, well, let's just draw this for seven weeks straight. All right, that goes in that one episode. I yeah, I just I can't hate it. Like <laughs> I just hate it to be honest. Like but I mean in another way, I know that they know how to do it well because I love Courage the Cowardly Dog and it has some gross out, but I think mostly it's like the horror under element that keeps it from feeling too too much. You know what I mean? Because it's a different context. It's not trying to be funny. It's trying to be like scary. I was trying to do both and honestly you go back and watch Courage. It's hilarious. But as a kid because it was so foreign and so strange and it was almost Lovecraftian in the way that it was created, it it adds this tension as a child because it's the unknown. There's a really good um, article um, 
written, and I think he also did it on a YouTube channel, but the creator of Gravity Falls, his his name escapes me at the moment, but he, he has this really good piece about why he thinks cartoons should scare children. And all the things he references get brought up in Courage the Cowardly Dog. And uh, his name's Alex Hirsch. Um, but it's this idea that kids can appreciate the full emotional spectrum. So why not write things for them? Because they'll fall in love with those projects. And to this day, it, that, those are the things I love. If it can make me laugh, cry, get scared, and have that moment of adventure, those are the things that I love. It's that uh, Stephen King or better um, to say Steven Spielberg idea. Like if you watch E.T. as a kid, it's kind of frightening at first. You don't it's know. It's very that frightening. Be. It's very frightening. And it's almost like Shakespearean. Like he always put in a joke before he'd scare the shit out of you with like a ghost. Right. I, I'm thinking of the Hamlet, but there's also a lot of those moments in Macbeth. You know, the whole idea was like, ah, here's a funny mart and here's the super scary part. And you go on that roller coaster and that's like a real story it's not just the hero's journey or whatever. It's the entire spectrum of emotions and well, courage took you on that ride in almost every episode. Right. It's not just, it's not just here. Have something that like, I, I was not a big Johnny Bravo fan either. Me like neither, here, neither. he's just, and I mean, I <laughs> say that now, I say that like now and it's like, clearly it's problematic. Um, like with his attitude towards women and, and such, but uh at the time i just thought that he was super annoying <laughs> it was too slapstick for me there wasn't enough there one of the reasons like i referenced dexter's laboratory one of the reasons why i like that one more let's say than than johnny bravo even they were both silly humor both on cartoon network i like dexter's laboratory more because there was a plot there was yeah, a storyline exactly. that was happening even though it was serial it wasn't serialized it was contained and it was still silly there was uh, A, B, and C of the story. Whereas with Johnny Bravo, it's like, I tried to go on a date. It didn't work. Here's a funny joke and then a punchline, which I appreciate now as an adult who likes like comedy and stand-up. And I can appreciate the skit writing that was something like that. It was similar why I didn't like Looney Tunes. I was like, there's no story here. It There's just a setup and a punchline. Um, but I just didn't enjoy that as a child. I needed something to grasp and take me on that roller coaster. I got you. But uh, so how how did you feel about Ed, Ed and Eddie while we're still on Cartoon Network? So I think Ed, Ed and Eddie is the one exception that makes me a full <laughs> hypocrite of everything I said. I love Ed, Ed and Eddie with every fiber of my being and always have. <laughs> I love that show. There's there's a plot in every episode like they carry you through like they have their they have their initial scheme. It fails. They see somebody else doing something and they get an idea for a new scheme. And it's all about the roller coaster of the convincing everybody else so there's that con men mentality of let's get everybody on board with this and then how it goes awry and then the inevitable everybody hating them but feeling sorry for them as it goes wrong and i loved that and but that was every single episode that's the formula of ed ed and eddie one of the one of the first spec scripts i wrote was for an episode of ed ed and eddie uh because it follows that formula every single week and i still think it is a genius show the animation's uh, I, I wouldn't say bad, but like the artistry of it was that it was just silly. It was basically the first show I had seen that was uh, not a cartoon strip. Like a, a lot of like shows you see, it's like a Sunday morning comic come to life. 
but Ed and Nettie was like a kid's sketchbook come to life. It was like, this guy, I can't draw hair. So he's got, I'll, I'll say it's a sock. It's like, you can't, they call him sockhead, but you can't tell it's a sock. It looks like a hat. <laughs> And the best thing about it was like in like the last couple episodes, they just started making fun of its own animation going like, why is why is there an X on his ear? What marks the spot like this? Because like there was there was no reason for it. It was just fun. And that's one of the few shows like I really appreciated on that level all the time. Like I love the slapstick nature of it. I love that it was all pointless. And they actually tried to serialize it a little bit with some later on movies that came out after the show was uh, like ended it canceled. They did a few like summertime movies to carry it forward. And they weren't as good, I think, because they were trying to actually tell a full story with these characters. And I still love them, but I feel like it lost the magic. I was like, these characters are not meant to go on a journey of that stature. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're not. Are, they're... Yeah. <laughs> It's outside the scope of their capabilities. Exactly, Definitely. exactly. You start to see the fallibility of the world they had created, which is more <laughs> the intellectual talk that I just had about Ed and Nettie is probably too much credit and more thought than anybody has put into that show, including the creators. But I love it that much. Okay, well, I don't have a problem with Ed and Nettie um, so far as like, I don't think that the gross stuff that's in it is as like turnoffy, but I, I, it's in the middle for me. Like, it's not like my favorite by any stretch of the imagination, but I also don't hate it, so. I mean, I, I can appreciate that. I'm glad you weren't like, you're fucking stupid for liking it. <laughs> but, no, no. But I have I mean, had that reaction, you know? It's, yeah, and I can understand why. You know, like, <laughs> it's because because it's the same story every time. You know what I mean? Because it's the same. It is, it is 100% the like, yeah. same. It's similar. Um, I get a lot of uh, Letterkenny uh, has a similar vibe to it. Not because like they're even remotely the same thing, but there's a formula when you watch Letterkenny where it's like, okay, we have our opening gag of us sitting and we have that part. And then th there is the inevitable conflict with somebody in town that leads to an altercation, physical or otherwise. And then there is the jokes at somebody else's expense for four to five minutes. And then there's the final resolution. It goes through that entire thing every single time. But it's the execution of that formula that is genius. Rick and Morty does a similar thing. Every single episode has them go on a hero's journey 100% to a key. They go on the circle. The, the actual hero's journey is what they use to write every single episode. But you don't hate Rick and Morty because there's a formula to it. You love what they do with the formula. Okay, that's that's fair. That's a fair, uh, I guess, defense for <laughs> for your love of Ed, Ed, Nettie. <laughs> I know. It was like people were like, those two shows are much better than Ed, Ed, Nettie. <laughs> no, both. Yeah, both. Both. <laughs> that was my exact thought. Was well, that's a weird thing for you to go to bat with those on, but. Can you tell that I write really silly things when I come to the defense of something like that? I'm like, listen, uh, there's more thought than you think that goes into this. Okay, okay, Chuck. <laughs> uh, so I, I want to take a brief aside. During that time, there was some mid-grade or maybe even YA uh, cartoons that were developing that were starting to get a lot of traction because of something like Noggin or I think they called it Teen Nick at the time that was developing, but you also had the rise of Toonami. So you had this idea where like younger kids weren't the only ones that watched cartoons, obviously, like we didn't really stop. So it was aiming for this almost teenage market. And even though we were too young at the time, we still all watched it because they were cool, you know? Right. Um, but I, I want to once again, Go insomnia. Ahead. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. I never stopped. So like um, how many people watched not just Toonami, but like the straight up adult swim anime like you love Inuyasha. You were watching Inuyasha way too young. I guarantee it. 
Well, definitely, one hundred thousand percent. I saw Yu Yu Hakusho as it aired originally on Adult Swim. Way too young. <laughs> <laughs> that show aired at like one a.m. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's even Gargoyles, though, right? Like, I know it's more. Yeah, it's I, I watched right? Gar- Gargoyles on uh, Toon Disney when it was on syndication. It was like four a.m. when it was on. Yeah, it was like two episodes. I had to stay up all the way till two a.m. and then I had to stay up the next day so that I could. Or I think it was only on. Um, like the weekends though, or something. Because yeah, some on the reruns. I didn't watch it live. I actually don't know when it aired originally. Probably some sort of Saturday morning block. Uh, on yeah, Disney. but I watched it at night, and it was only on like Friday, Saturdays, or something, so I could like stay up. My right. parents would get upset because I would sleep like in the basement area where we had um, like a couch or whatever, and I would fall asleep down there because I would be watching <laughs> watching it. <laughs> So then let's jump into that that idea, staying up too late to watch those teen-oriented shows. So the two examples I want to talk about are how Nickelodeon and Toonami, or, uh, you know, Cartoon Network, took two very different approaches. Whereas Nickelodeon went live-action, but the ones that weren't live-action were still more melodramatic, less action-packed, and more melodrama. You had things like, uh, um, oh, My Name is Ginger, I think is probably a really good... As told by Ginger, Ginger. thank you. My name is Ginger. Um, But yeah, as told by Ginger, whereas if you look at Cartoon Network, they went like with the aforementioned Toonami with Dragon Ball Z, let's say, is a good comparison for those two around the same time. I want to know what made them go that tact. Like if they were aware Cartoon Network's going anime, they got Dragon Ball Z, they have this late night block. Let's go with the other crowd. Let's let's fill that other side of the market. Do you think there was that much mentality behind it? Or do you think they just had a really good idea for a show? I think that it, part of it is you can't... If your big hitters are all things that are targeted towards children, right? Mm-hmm. They go to bed early. Like your kids go to bed at what, like 6, 6.30? Yeah, I start trying to do bedtime at 6 o'clock. Right. It so never happens, but they try. <laughs> so there's just a lot of time left that you need to find something like you could just run reruns of ed ed netty or you could try to corner another market so i don't know if maybe it originally starts out as like a gamble or like a calculated risk and then ends up like once you see the success of it i would actually honestly now that you're we're talking about this i would be interested to know if toonami or like teen nick came first you know like if they watched yeah it was around the same time so like let's let's again let's keep using that as told by ginger as the as the um, example here. As told by Ginger aired originally in 2000. Okay. So anyway. it's right around the same time as like peak Dragon Ball Z really. When you think like 2001, 2002 Cell Saga, Boo Saga um, right around there is what like everybody was fucking watching Dragon Ball Z. Also the first appearance of Hamtaro um, was right around there. Um, the interesting thing that I, I, I think about when I like we talk about right in the fields, we always talk about like the old stuff and how it relates to new stuff, right? That was the original pitch for this show, even though it's never been that, but that was the original idea for it, right? Was to talk right. about the shows that are there and now they're getting reboots or whatever. But it really is an interesting correlation because right about when we were basically done watching television, getting ready for college, all these channels switched. So Nick started to get properties that were more action packed and Cartoon Network was leaning into more melodrama shows with like Total Drama Island and 16 and entire lineup that was basically faux reality TV shows with all the drama that comes with it. And and Nick was airing things like The Legend of Korra. Yeah, as the switch from Degrassi to (laughs) I mean, like obviously Degrassi being, you know, like 
not a cartoon. And but. similarly, around this time, Nickelodeon was kind of losing its heyday of live action shows, which started with things like uh, obviously all that, but then carrying over to the Amanda show and that kind of lineup. And then it went to like things like Zoe 101 and eventually Victorious and all those. And then Cartoon Network switched and they started to air an entire live action block of more slapstick shows and more, again, more reality TV things. Like there was one, I forget what it was called, but it was actually hosted by Andrew WK. And it was all about, like kids like blowing stuff up. Yeah. So huh. like they went on the cyclical nature and I feel like it all started with these like simple cartoons and who could grasp the largest demographic. Like you look at something like rocket power and it's like extreme sports, drink Capri sun. Our characters are here. Hawaii. And and uh, even someone like me who needed something more action packed, I didn't watch it because of the animation style. So I, we'll I, have I to, thought, you know, action packed was just Dragon Ball Z. You know, no, we will have to agree to disagree. I love Dragon Ball Z, and I also love Rocket Power. No, so no, no, I do love it, but it was oh, okay. I thought you were. Trying I didn't. That. I didn't like to like it. Like I didn't want the toys because they weren't cool. I didn't want the the video games because they weren't cool in quotations. I loved the show. I watched it every single week. But I didn't have that same idea for it. I was like, Nickelodeon is for the silly shows. And I watched Cartoon Network for Dragon Ball Z. And honestly, that was the so, only serious one. That and Gundam, I guess. The the other thing is, we keep calling it Teen Nick, but it was actually Nick at Night, right? Yeah, well, it was Nick and, at Night came later. Nick at Night I think was that Nick better. at Night came earlier. I think that Nick at Night was... No, 90s. Nick at Night was their lineup for uh, reruns that would you would think of TV Land. So Nick at Night was now it switched to like almost like broadcast like shows. So you would get reruns of like Bill Cosby and those well, types not. of shows. Maybe yeah. not Bill Cosby. No, Bill the Cosby show was on there. Well, maybe it shouldn't be. I agree, but we didn't know that at the time. We thought, oh, I, thought you just, meant, like, like, I thought you meant still currently. I was like, no, well. no, 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 no. I'm saying what Nick at Night originally was. Nick at Night aired sitcoms. Nick at Night gotcha. was. So Nickelodeon had this really genius thing. So Nickelodeon, what it did was during the day when little children are at home, it was Nick Jr., right? Right. When the other when the older kids got home from school, it just became Nickelodeon. And that's when you get things like Angry Beavers, Cat Dog, Rocket Power, etc. Then towards the middle of the night when uh, or, you know, evening when kids are getting ready for bed, that's when it switched to teenager programming with Teen Nick. And then after like eight, I think it was like nine o'clock ish, it would switch to Nick at night, which was sitcoms all geared towards adults. Like George Lopez was like a huge piece of programming on Nick. Stop. At night. It's a huge piece in everyone who was alive at that time. Okay. Like- I love the George. <laughs> Can we talk about like, we need to do an episode. I sometimes I, I, I think I'm like, Oh, is it just me? No, that show was genius. Okay. No, it was so good. But also the relatability. Anytime I see a tweet, about like did everyone wake up in the middle of the night and George Lopez was just on (laughs) well and the trampoline jumping and it's so okay lowrider was his theme song okay exactly no better show no better show we did we all live the same childhood because we all have the same memory because i see the tweets getting 500,000 plus likes (laughs) i want to think about that it's like i love george lopez my wife at kids and my wife and kids and everybody loves raymond and I don't think I, I don't think I could relate to any of them in real life. Maybe George Lopez was the only <laughs> one because like he would they were kind of poor in that. But everybody else was like pretty rich in all of those shows. 
Um, but I loved all of those. But again, that's Nick at night. It was all sitcoms and they ran through the gamut. Whereas in Cartoon Network took the, took the opposite angle. There was like, we're just going to run shit and hope that teens watch it 24 <laughs> seven teens that want to well, still buy I mean, Well, in the Cartoon Network, I mean, it was all cartoons. So you, like, yeah, it was called ne- Cartoon ne- Network. Ne- you know, it started right. as a airing location for WB to launch more Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Well, right. um, and, and then when that I didn't was- work, they just sent them to Boomerang. Yeah, I was going to ask you actually, um, or or mention like part of like my Cartoon Network experience was like seeing Boomerang shows before Boomerang was a channel, or like concurrently while Boomerang was a channel. One hundred percent. Like I remember that was one of the first times where I was made aware of this like whole. It was part of the satellite channel boom or cable boom, where it was like every single network that had a channel started second and third channels to capitalize yeah. on this idea that everybody had four hundred channels in their cable package um or satellite but, but realistically no <laughs> no no one was gonna fucking pay for boomerang because no one needs to watch old episodes of yogi bear like it's just we don't want to do but that I've, even the kids who did want to do that like all of them all yeah of them. because they would <laughs> everybody would call their cable provider and be like what the fuck you charge me for boomerang they're like we're sorry how about we give you boomerang for free for 14 years and like we don't and want you it. said like, we got it no and i said yes <laughs> hook me up <laughs> insert it in an iv and in, and put it in me because you know what we should do actually because this one was so broad and recovering so many things we should do an episode just on each different network i think that would be yeah. really fun a more in-depth look yeah I yeah do that. an in-depth look this one's more of an overview which is what we wanted it to be but i think that would be really cool but while we're kind of segueing from this i want to cover the thing we didn't talk about which is disney at the time and disney so we're not, was we're really not going to do pbs we can talk a little bit about pbs in this it'll segue I promise it all fits okay. together Okay. So at the time when I was watching those younger shows, let's rewind a bit. It's like we're talking back when we were talking about cat dog and that kind of stuff. One of the things that I would watch, especially on weekends, because it was an entire block of that was the Disney channel. And it had programming for all ages, but really it was younger. It was closer to the PBS audience. I would watch bear in the big blue house. I would watch PB and J otter. I would watch roly poly oily um out of the box was another good oh one God. and then there was uh, another one i can't think of the, i fucking love out of the box is the bop yeah it is still i should um I, I credit out of the box with why i'm so good with non-fancy fixes as really? as nick miller would say from the hit show new girl because out of the box was all about let's just make stuff with what we have and that's how i fix it <laughs> <laughs> not MacGyver like, out of the box for you <laughs> exactly exactly like our MacGyver was out of the box <laughs> I mean you're not wrong I'm not I'm not disputing it it's just I never had uh, made the correlation <laughs> like the amount of times my wife's like this toy's broken we gotta throw it I'm like I'll, I'll fix it I have some pipe cleaners over here and <laughs> so it's <laughs> always, always gotta keep, keep the pipe cleaners on hand I made me love like I feel like I don't I don't know I'm sure that everyone has always been obsessed with boxes right people are always like oh just buy a new fridge and give your kids a box, a good box right but is it like was that before out of the box or was it just because <laughs> it I saw because them out of the box <laughs> exactly because now that's uh, all I think of when I see a big box still at this age I want to put something in it I want to try to build a house like <laughs> <laughs> are they preparing us for the eventual eventual economic collapse yes now you have probably a home. I think that I think the genius was is that like I was poor growing up so I didn't have a lot of stuff. Even though I did, by compare, like my parents spent like a disproportional amount of money on me compared to like the mo- amount of money we had. It was like, why did I eat hot dogs every day for dinner? Oh, it's because I had a PlayStation. Like, 
Like that was the right. trade off. But like I, I loved out of the box because I had a bunch of crappy stuff. I'm like, okay, I can now make new toys with it. But anyway, so out of the box is one show. But I love that lineup, even though it was probably a little bit too old to be watching it. At least I think I don't remember ex- the exact time of when it aired. Um, there was mm-hmm. one more show. It was like uh like I think Steve Irwin asked it was like a nature show and it was like an award show and it was hosted by this little green lizard guy, like he was like a gecko, and he was kind of mm-hmm. funny. And he no. had, it was like interesting commentary over different animals, but it was the same lineup. No idea. I have I, it's yeah, I'm not. I gotcha. But anyway, so w- what do you feel about that lineup of shows? Did you watch the same thing? Um, yes. Uh, my sister was um, born at that point. And so a lot I watched a lot of PB&J Otter and Rilly Polioli and like. It, it didn't grasp my interest as much. I had, at that point, I think, moved on to, um, like, Recess or Rocket Power or Tailspin or something that was, like, a little bit more adult but still kid. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Well, not actually, baby. Yeah. Not, like, toddler baby, like, style, which, I mean, the show isn't really that way, but that's sort of... It was really liked it, so that's I how it felt. I can admit that, yeah. Because, like, I think uh, Out of the Box aired in 1998, so we were pretty little when it was airing. Right, but, so, and she was born in 1998, so, like, we would watch it, but it, I don't know if it was just because she was also there and young, so it was like, oh, this can't be for me, it's a baby show, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, because the kid really likes it, and I'm not the kid, she's the kid. But, like, also secretly watching it, so. Yeah, it was solid, that's the funny thing, like, so when we talk about, like, my, my disdain for PBS, because it was educational, I hated anything that tried to make me learn. But when you look at the lineup of that Disney, that Disney Channel lineup out of the box, PBJ, all that stuff, it was very similar to the lineup that was PBS. When you think Wishbone or I name some more PBS shows other than Barney. That's uh, what comes to mind. Dragon Tales. Sesame Dragon Street. Tales. Yeah, it was honestly very similar um, to that same lineup. Uh, uh, Between the Lions was one I actually did like a lot. Oh yeah, Between the Lions is good too. I loved anything with puppets, honestly. Like I still have a of a love for Muppets and Sesame Street. Like I love that I have HBO and my kids can watch Sesame Street. They don't like right. it that much. They they love Muppet Babies though, which is cool. Aw, cute. Which Muppet Babies, I don't know if you know this, eventually it went to like CG animation. I'm like, what the fuck is this? So it's not good. I mean it's fine. It's still Muppet Babies. The fact that my son knows who Kermit is, I'm like, that's I mean, enough that's, for me. Yeah, that, that's enough. My but wife I mean, also, has a really weird, like, not, I wouldn't say hate, but like a fear of Muppets and puppets. I don't really? know. I yeah, know I want to ask about some repressed memories, but I don't know if I want to go there. But also, do you want to open that box? Yeah, exactly, not. exactly. <laughs> Out of the box. Get it? It all full circle. Yeah, yep, full circle. <laughs> but also the later uh, Disney animated stuff, you know what I mean? Like, not super early morning. Sort of. So I guess they sort of had a Nick style lineup just without the team Nick at the end. Right. Yeah. Um. But then they went to the ones that came off of, we already did our episode on the Disney Renaissance era. They had Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Hercules, you know, 101 Dalmatians all tied back in with all their properties, which I really enjoyed watching the continuation of the adventures that didn't just come from like sequel movies. I love that. The, the problem I always had with it was they never aired at a time where that's that was the one I wanted to watch. Like it always conflicted. Right. There was something else on or whatever. A lot of those shows aired on Saturday mornings, and I was a Fox Kids guy. Like, that there was my go. lineup. <laughs> like, listen, listen, we're going to do a whole episode on Fox Kids. I'll have Dave on. I know you don't care. Uh, no, I, I do. I cartoon. watched Fox Kids. I mean, you're, you're that, watching Hercules where... the animated series instead. 
No, that was where what Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain and that kind of thing. Yeah, but right? eventually those were those were kind of segued onto like the WB like Four Kids Network. And okay. same thing with Batman. The animated series originally started on Fox Kids, but right after that, it was taken over by you know Power Rangers and you know the TMNT show. But a lot more uh, at the time they called it like boy targeted like shows, but really it was right. just more action. Like it right. had nothing to do with demographic. Like think about how many shows I'm like, oh, the boys like that when you're like, I fucking love that show. Like how yeah, many times have we, have we gushed literally. to our Literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But that was the idea as Fox Kids kind of became that like action centric morning uh, cartoon block. But all of that being said, now is your moment. We have a few minutes left. Let's talk about PBS. Go full, okay. let's go full hog. I'm going to get on the same soapbox that Mr. Rogers got on. And if you've never seen the speech that he gave to Congress for why PBS should deserve funding, you should do yourself a favor and pause this and go listen to it because it is iconic in all the ways that it should be. It's I have a tearjerker. It's so good. And I mean, obviously at the time, I just liked the content. It's not, wasn't really about the fact that like we were poor. So I got to watch a lot of PBS because we didn't have cable for a lot of growing up. But right. I loved um, reading Rainbow. Uh, still to this day, I follow the host um, on Twitter. And Lavar Burton. Yeah, so that is funny. The host. What do you mean the host? Lavar was... Burton, the national <laughs> fucking treasure. Yes, I was. See, you agree, national treasure. He's, well, the reason I love Lavar Burton because not only does he have a sense of humor about his like his career, but he is genuine. He's he's similar to Mister Rogers or Tom Hanks. Lavar Burton is just an awesome dude who loves his career that he's had. So LeVar Burton is one of those fun people to follow on social media. He's like, hey, you remember this time I said this about this fucking book? It ruled. Like, like it's like, <laughs> that. like he doesn't pretend he didn't host Reading Rainbow for 20 fucking years. Yeah, exactly. He's still uh, very self-aware and his tweets also highly recommend you just go follow him. I still like any time, like he still has the fucking visor that he wore <laughs> next generation. I'm like, this dude is just cool. Like, he's just a cool dude. He's just, he's just nice. And, but anyway, also uh, another of my favorites, Bill Nye, right? He was on PBS. Made what me have like, I watched Bill Nye on Disney channel. Was he originally on PBS? I don't know. All I know is I would watch him on PBS. So. Well, he probably, it probably was a PBS show that was syndicated to Disney rather than vice versa. But, uh, right. But that's um, where I watched it. I watched Bill Nye much later, but I apologize. <laughs> Talking shit okay. about PBS, it was over there. When I was when I was really young, though, you know, I did do I did dabble in some Teletubbies. Not proud because it's not good. I watched some Teletubbies just for the curiosity. I remember it when it became a thing, and it was like, oh, the kids watch Teletubbies, and I'm like, what is this thing that I keep seeing toys and references to? And man, do I not get it? Like I've watched yeah. some little kid programming, especially now having kids. I've seen all the stupid shit. And mm -hmm. I still don't understand it. I get when people are like, oh, I don't understand Power Rangers. I'm like, oh, it's a generational thing or whatever. Still don't understand <laughs> Teletubbies. I, don't, I understand whatever. Wiggles. I understand Barney. I understand all of the stuff in between. But what the fuck was happening with Teletubbies? Who dropped ass and was like, I got an idea, dude. Shapes. Like, oh, we're going to teach the kids shapes. No, 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 no. They're on their heads. Okay. What are they wearing? TVs. Okay. Hold on, dude. Uh. Like, let's pull it back. But no, no, no. I'm in the Matrix now. And the baby is a fucking... He's the son. Like, oh, no. Okay, this guy. What uh, What else is going on? Well, sometimes they throw up and a vacuum <laughs> comes out and he eats it. And like, oh, God, what is happening on this fucking show? So, yes. Yeah, so, you know, there are some not winners. Teletubbies is one of them. But Magic School, <laughs> Magic School Bus, Bernstein Bears, right? Cyber Chase. So I never uh, watched the show of Bernstein Bears. I love the book. Um, the show was good. 
I, I believe thing. it. I believe. What was the one with the little porcupine, or maybe he was a hedgehog in his family? Mm, you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't know what you're talking about. It looked similar animation style to Bernstein Bears, but it was based on a, a book series as well. But anyways, keep gotcha. going. Like you said, between the lions, also. Uh, but I mean, I guess we can use this as a segue to the wishbone i don't know if i mentioned wishbone but also liberty's kids where you learned uh history and the cyber chase was more math fucking you know, cyber wish, chase god wish wishbone was also um history you know so i have like a love of history and you can trace it literally directly to pbs uh they just were so it was all like i'm fine with ham-fisted and i'm fine with campy all of the shows i've referenced i'm sure has given that away but it was how like heavy-handed it was like and read kids and i'm like bitch now i don't want to like why'd you have to do that if you would have just <laughs> let it live there would have been subtext like books are fun i was fine with that that's why i loved reading rainbow he was never like you have to do it he's like i don't know check it out like it was like passive it was like maybe read it like like if you want to hear the rest find out for yourself i'm like you're right i never feel I <laughs> you are correct sir. <laughs> i didn't ever feel like um like i didn't feel uh that i lost my train of thought i'm sorry oh i didn't feel that some of the shows though like i don't feel like sesame street's that way no sesame street's not but wishbone is well like you're telling me hamlet had trouble with his dad whoa (laughs) thanks wishbone so what the fuck is this (laughs) this is a good segue though because two at least two of my top 10 favorite cartoons from growing up are both from PBS. Can you guess what they are? You don't have to guess. Uh, Dragon Tales? No, that was my sister's favorite. One is Arthur. Ar- I was going to say Arthur. That I... was literally my next one. I'm looking at a picture of Arthur and his little sister because of uh, all of the memes. DW, I love Arthur to the I day, liked so. Arthur later on when I, I I discovered it too 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 much late. Like, too much late. Too late in life. But I still appreciated it. I was like, oh, this would have been fun as a kid, along with its uh, spinoff, Buster's Magical Adventures, or whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah, but another one of my top ten would be Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is probably the best thing they've ever produced, uh, just because of how wholesome that show still is. It's so good, the trolley, and when they do the like puppet stuff. And I know it's not a cartoon. I understand that it's not. You know, I get it. Of- We've made some exceptions. I did reference Zoe One Hundred and One earlier. Not a fan yeah. of that show. Not proud of the reference, but I did say <laughs> it out loud. So we can we can talk about Mister Rogers. I mean, that's uh, we can say. I could talk forever about Mister Rogers. That shit is good. That show is still good. He is so kind and pure. Like <laughs> I don't know good. what it is. I think it's just because there's so many people that I found out so many horrible things. Um, like. I'm not going to list all the names because they're still people or whatever, but uh, there I have several writing heroes and they've kind of ended up to be not so great people um, for whatever reason. I'm not talking about the cancel culture thing. It's just like, there are some stuff that I don't respect, so I don't respect them, but I still love what they made. And it always hurt a little bit. I'm like, oh, I wanted to be this person. I find out their crap, but that's part of like separating art from artists. There's an issue there. Especially, like you look at JK Rowling and all that stuff. Like there are people have, are asking the same questions I am right now. But one yeah. time I've never had to do that is Mr. Rogers. And I cry every time I watch Mr. Rogers neighborhood. And it's not because he's dead and it's not because, Oh, this is just so sweet. It's because he's a genuinely good person who wanted to do good things for kids. And yeah. it's just like, I don't know. Like I'm almost tearing up talking about it now. And I watched it a little bit as a kid, but I wasn't even that big into it. I watched it like later on. I just loved his career and his life and what he did. 
And like, have you watched the Tom Hanks movie? I have not yet because I know I'm gonna ball my eyes. Oh, you're just gonna cry for an hour and a half. It's actually when it comes to like like a biopic or whatever, like it's only okay. When it comes to a film, like it's fine. It's completely not offensive. Like that's just that's what it is. It's an hour and a half. But you're just gonna cry because Mr. Rogers, amazing. Tom Hanks, amazing. Let's just talk about Mr. Rogers with Tom Hanks for an hour and a half, and that's what that movie is, and you're just his, gonna cry the entire time. His voice is so soothing. It's 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 like immediately I am relaxed. Not Tom Hanks, Mr. Rogers. I mean Tom Hanks too. Who Tom Hanks is pretty both, good too. Let's, both let's be of them. But like, but nothing like Mr. Rogers when he's like, "Oh hi there," and he does the shoe tie and he puts the sweater on. Oh my god, I'm getting emotional. I know, right? So I'll, I'll I'll give you a pass on that one. But I think we should do this. I think we should uh, do some in-depth dives on some of the stuff we've just kind of touched on in this episode and do separate network episodes. Um, okay. So like, you know, do you, do you like that idea? Yeah, no, I like that idea. All right, perfect. If you guys like that at home, you can let us know at campykillcreations at gmail.com. You can head over to patreon.com slash campykillcreations, get all of this wonderful content, and support us. Keep the lights on. Give us a buck or two. Get all this stuff early. Get bonus content. Um, get some special sketches if you like our webcomics over there. Check out all of our other podcasts at campykillcreations.com. You can follow all of the Campy Kill Creations stuff on all the social media at campykillcreations or campykillcreationspod. You can follow me at Resident uh at resident stevel as i stutter in my own twitter uh plug you can follow chelsea nowhere because she's studying that's true yeah i will not respond i will <laughs> respond on the show when terry tells me what you said so right it's a um, game of telephone people <laughs> it's perfect that's perfect. i'll tell two friends and then they'll tell two friends no 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 chelsea chelsea it's an inverted triangle oh okay i'm sorry pyramid scheme we actually just covered those in my business associations law class. <laughs> we just talked about it on an episode of Aiming for Mediocrity, which you can check out on Fridays at campykillcreations.com. And I had to explain an inverted triangle because they honestly thought I was talking about something different than a pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> and it was no. a conspiracy theory episode. So I just have host Dave and Travis listening going, oh, that I don't I don't quite understand how that's different than a an pyramid scheme but okay and i went on for like 25 minutes and then you're like because it is a pyramid scheme people it is. <laughs> it's like that uh it's that episode of the office where michael is talking about how it's not a pyramid scheme look at see like there's this guy at the top and he sells it to me and one other guy and i sell it to you guys and he goes down and then <laughs> then jim draws the triangle around it. around it and he like is bored. <laughs> yeah, i love it he's like i have to make some calls <laughs> <laughs> oh right. but um if you like this you know give us some money please <laughs> it goes a long way uh this has been right in the fields and we're out <laughs>